When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome to Sustainable Success. I hope everyone is having a great week. It's uh, already almost the end of March. It's hard to believe how this first quarter has flown by, but I hope everyone is having a successful week, the Sustainable Success way. If you are new to Sustainable Success, again, you found us here at Voice American Influencers Channel, but we highly encourage you to check us out at Facebook as well at Sustainable Success 2017. There you'll find many of our great guests that we've had on over the years sharing their words of wisdom to help not only you pivot and scale your business, but also your personal life as well. As as everyone knows that is familiar with the show here at Sustainable Success, that life and business are one. What affects one will affect the other. So it's great that if we could have operating the solution rather than the problem, we're on our way to sustainable success. Uh, today's show is going to be brought to you today by Empowered Fathers in Action, a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process. They are also work, work with families to help create interdependent family structures through in terms of communication, leading by example, free from limited beliefs, so that their children can grow into higher self-confident adults so they don't repeat those codependent dysfunctional patterns with their families going forward. They're doing some great things. Check them out at efamovement.org. That's efamovement.org. With that being said today, we're going to have a great show today. We're going to be talking about the topic uh, is your distinct advantage. And we have a great uh, gentleman that's going to be joining us that just is going to be sharing not only words of wisdom, but more importantly from his experience. And before I introduce him, his name is Dave Sanderson. He is the founder and president of Dave Sanderson International, based in Charlotte, North Carolina. And on January 15, 2009, in New York's freezing Hudson River, following a bird strike induced loss of both engines, Dave was one of the 155 passengers, one of the last passengers off flight 1549, known today as the Miracle on the Hudson, and was largely responsible for making certain others made it out safely. Since that that experience, Dave has spoken over 1,800 times around the world and had an opportunity to meet and work with leaders from several industries. Using his 30-plus years in being a top sales producer, 10 years of being the head of security for Anthony Robbins, and his unique experience of surviving a plane crash, he has learned and speaks about using personal leadership skills to find your distinct advantage, what he calls pitch, P-I-T-T-C-H-E. E, which means a point in time that changes everything. We're going to learn about that today. Again, I could keep going on. Dave's been on all the major news networks. Again, he has a, a, a live stream show on Amazon Alexa called Voice of Personal Leadership. And God, Dave, I could keep going on. I'm going to let you explain it because there's so much you've been involved in. And without further ado, we welcome Dave Sanderson to the show. Dave, how are you doing today? Chris, thank you for having me. Honored to be on with you today. It is a pleasure. I'm so happy to have you here. And you know, I I, I always love when I hear about you know when people have a distinct advantage. And and the thing is, it's not necessarily that it's always unique in itself. But 
Talk about how people can really, you know, find their distinct advantage and what that means to them. And I'd like to get your perspective on it because it's such an interesting area. Well, I appreciate that. And, and Canley, I really had never thought about it or even knew that I would probably even have one until the incident on the Miracle on the Hudson. And, you know, when you go through something like that, Chris, and many of the people who are listening have had their own personal, what I call their own personal plane crash moments, whether it's a heart attack, a stroke, uh, an incident, they may have been in a car wreck. I don't know if they've been in a plane incident like I have, but everybody in life goes through something like that. And what some people do, and hopefully I'm grateful it happened to me, is out of that experience and going through that and then, Employing my personal leadership skills that I learned throughout my life, what came out of it is I figured out what was made me unique. What could I add the most significant value to other people doing? And that's what I call your distinct advantage. And you know, like you said, it's, it may not be unique, but what it may be is something you do exceptionally well and how you can impact somebody else's life in a way that they, too, can find what I call their pitch, their point in time that will change everything for them. And that's what happened to me shortly after that day on the Hudson River. Well, let's talk about that. You know, again, I love what you just talked about. It's not that what makes it unique, it, it, it what makes it compelling, that it's something that is true to who you are, true to your experience, but yet it's so compelling to other people that, that it can find something within themselves that they can relate to that, that can allow them to pivot and find their distinct advantages. Talk about that day Talk about that experience and how that not only dramatically shifted your life, but what you've took from it and what you've been doing since to really help others change their lives. Well, thank you. Yeah, so here, here's the short version. I was not supposed to be on that plane. And I think that's a part of the story that I, I really bring out now because I think things in life happen to us when we don't expect them. We're not even planning for them. So, Kaylee, I think I was there for a reason and a purpose, whether you believe that's a greater being or just karma. I don't know what you you would think about, but I think it was, it was, I was there for a significant reason in a certain place at a certain time. And I also think everybody on that plane was in the, the seats they needed to be in to make that happen that day, including the, the, the captain and the first officer all the way back to all the passengers. So, you know, and, and I think a lot of people, have, have you seen the movie, you know, Stella, you probably know a little bit about what happened that day, but Canley, you know, I, I was in seat 15A, which was a window seat four rows behind the left wing. So I, I did not see the bird strike, but I heard it. It was a huge explosion, so it got my attention. And that's when I looked up and saw fire coming out from beneath the left wing. So I knew something had happened, but you know, like you and a lot of us, we all fly a lot, and things happen on planes, right? I mean, yep. stuff happens, and so, you know, I didn't think much of it because flying as much as I had that year, I think I flew over 100 sometimes, uh, you know, planes have multiple engines. So it, I thought, okay, pl- engine went out, there's another engine, go back, get another air- aircraft, and we'll get out of here. Well, no one knew at that point in time what happened simultaneously, a simultaneous bird strike and both engines knocked it out. So you, everybody in that plane heard one explosion. And I think that was something significant that doesn't get talked a lot. Because I truly believe, Chris, if you would have heard bang, bang, and you're in New York City and you're on a plane, you're probably thinking something else. Yeah. But you heard one bang. So I think, okay, well, we have another engine. And another part of the equation that doesn't get talked a lot, which I think this is part of what I, I, up to, I find unique and some distinct, distinctions about is, 
and it was brought out to me probably two years later that the passenger makeup of the plane has everything to do with the outcome because that plane is made, made up roughly 90% business people. And I didn't realize that until I was in Orlando and another captain and I were talking about this, and he said, even if I could do this in Orlando, even if I could pull off exactly what was pulled off, it doesn't matter because the passenger makeup coming out of Orlando is a whole 180-degree difference yeah. in New York. So having, having the right passenger makeup also contributed to that. So as you look at all these things that add up, you know, I, I didn't realize, you know, there was two parts of it. You know, the first part is getting the plane down, and, and the captain and crew get all the credit, and they did a fabulous job, and I'll be forever grateful. But the second half was about teamwork, about leadership, leaders stepping up. And not, hopefully not just me, but there's other leaders that stepped up. So you saw how leaders go into play when you're in, a, you're in a crisis and or a life-threatening situation. And some people, you know, you go back to that, your own primary need. You know, and so, you know, Tony Robbins, I was with Tony for many years, he talks about the six primary needs. When you go into that mode, whatever your primary need you have in your life, that's what you go back to. Some people go back to, to connection. Some people go back to contribution. Some people go back to certainty. And I think at that point in time, some people had to really step up and go into that significant mode that, you know, we're going to, we're going to handle this thing, and this is how we're going to handle it. And sometimes what you find out in leadership, and you know this, Chris, sometimes being a leader, you have to check your ego at the door because there may be somebody else in that situation that has a better skill set than you. And leaders can recognize that. that sometimes, you know, maybe I'm not the right person to handle this thing. Maybe there's somebody else who can handle it better, so I need to step back and do what I do best which is becoming part of what this, you're finding out what your distinct advantage is. That, you know, sometimes you realize, I do something really, really well, and I can add more value doing this than trying to jump in and do everything. So there were circumstances throughout that entire situation from the time the plane got down, but especially when the plane was in the river sinking, and now you're in the exit mode and water coming in. And people are moving, in a, and I, I used the term that night on TV, controlled chaos where no one was losing it mentally, but now you're in fast mode, and things are going fast, right? And no one's having time to wait around and worry about people's feelings. No, yeah, and, absolutely. And, yeah, and that's, that's another part of it, too, is I think, you know, some people go into that, you know, that kinesthetic mode, right? It's touchy-feely and, oh, my goodness, instead of taking action. And just we'll worry about your feelings later. Right, we got we got a mission to handle. I think that's another part of it. Is that everybody had the mindset of there's a mission, and if you saw the movie Sully, and uh, Chris, I don't know if you saw the movie, but there was a part. Yeah, of the I movie. did. Well, I did see the movie yeah. twice. Oh, great yeah. movie! So if you watch the movie, if you watch it. If anybody's listening who watched it again, there's a moment where the ferry boat captain, and that's actually one of the ferry boat captains that served that day, who, was, who said this because he said it later that day, and he said nobody dies today. And I think that was the the mindset of everybody. Is no one's going to die today. We're going to get. We're, we're going to handle this thing, and and leaders stepped up. So you saw uh, many people also start realizing their certainty comes out because one of the things you learn in being a part of a leader in leadership is the person with the most certainty in uncertain times becomes the leader. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're if you're the guy who's putting up light bulbs at midnight or you're the CEO of Exxon Mobil. If you if you do certainty in uncertain times. People look to you to step up and handle it. And I think that's another part of one of the things I found out about myself and finding my distinct advantage is being able to handle things in, in when things are going sideways, not losing it, being able to focus, 
and I call focus execution wrapped with gratitude. That's what I talk about, is having that focus execution, which you have to have to get something done, and all great leaders do, but the greatest of the great leaders wrap it around with gratitude, having giving thanks, to being able to do something and be a part of something and giving thanks to something bigger than themselves. That's so true. Uh, and, and, and you made a great point. You know, I love the fact that, you know, you talked about leadership. It's not about that a leader is going to, you know, the one that makes all the final decisions and, and, and it's going to take credit or, you know, just be in charge of everything. It's again, knowing when to leverage, you know, your strengths and knowing when to allow someone else to step up, uh, in a role that, that they're better suited for that situation. And it takes, it takes, you know, the, the, the people working together interdependently, especially in a situation like that to really, you know, you know, turn a, a something that could have been tragic into where you like, you said, in this case, everybody made it out. And, right. and, 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 and again, if you, if you relate that to business, it's the same way, you know, instead of looking at it, you know, as further, you know, you know, de- you know, further escalating the problem, you know, how can we work together? It doesn't matter who comes up with the idea or what idea is chosen, what, what we feel is best that's going to offset the problem and create the solution. So well, it's so, you, you, so true. You hit it on the head because two of the key tenets, the key tenets of leadership and success is, number one, the ability to be resourceful. And second exactly. is the ability to solve problems quickly. If you yeah. have those two combinations, those, that's the key tenets of all leadership and how great leaders step up and rise up. So I think that was on, on uh, really out there that day so people could actually see it on many different levels. Is, um, when you, have no, you didn't have any resources, basically the only resource you had going down a plane is your mind. You can't get up and move around. and you, know, you have to use your mind as a resource. And second, how do I solve problems quickly? And yeah. that's, and people who can do those two things are the ones who become leaders. That's true. And like you said, you know, and, and what you were kind of saying that on that day, there was nobody that had a leadership title. It was just right. one of those things that somebody had to take action. And then that person that takes action is empowering others to take action and to do what is right together to offset this issue and to, you know, turn it into a positive. And this is exactly what, you know, happened here. You know, it's just, I mean, I, I mean, granted, we, nobody wanted this to happen, but, but yet in hindsight that this, that this, this, this experience is just a a remarkable reminder and for any situation and how people can come together during difficult, a difficult time or period or, you know, and, and turn it around to, to something good. Well, it goes back to having that common mission, right? In six minutes, that, the length of that time from that plane took off to the time in water, six minutes. All of a sudden, people who, 155 people who did not know each other, or more importantly, care about each other, came together on a common mission and accomplished something that had never been accomplished before. How does that happen? And there, yeah. there's, there's strategies, as you know, strategies behind how things happen like that. And one of the things I, I talk about now is when the opportunity, I had the opportunity to escort a guy by the name of General Norman Schwarzkopf back in 1999. And being around somebody of a four-star general status, I'd never been around somebody like that. But he told me something that day, Chris, that stuck in my head and either came out that day or was there that day. Is when he, he told me, when you're given the opportunity to lead, lead. 
Yep. And I think that that's that's what when you know when the when the metal hits the road, right? When and, and you, when you're given that opportunity, if you step back, you may never get that opportunity again. So you got to step up and lead. No, that is so true. And I want to spend some more time. We're going to have to go to break here shortly, Dave. But I want to circle back up to that, and then I, you know, I want to get some some insight in some other areas uh, about personal leadership because I think leadership again is is so transparent. It's not something you do when you're at work. You know, it's something that you do at at all times, whether it's in your personal life and something that people really need to understand what it is. It's not a title. It's an action. So let's right. let's circle back up. We're going to go to break here again. We're listening to uh, Dave Sanderson. Again, he is the founder and president of Dave Sanderson International. And again, Dave is a expert in, as a voice of personal leadership and another area called post-traumatic growth syndrome, which we'll, we'll be talking about that a little later as well. And uh, we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back to Sustainable Success. If you're just joining us again here, we're with Dave Sanderson. We're discussing your distinct advantage. As uh, may, many of you may know, or if not know, Dave was one of the people that was on that flight uh, January 15th of 2009, the Miracle on the Hudson. And again, he is sharing from personal experience his views on, on your distinct advantage and personal leadership. So, Dave, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, after that experience, you know, how you took that and how you developed a process or that whatever you want to call it and how you were able to integrate that into your leadership role and what you do each and every day in your business, your personal life, and then, of course, touching others. Well, well thank you, because you know, shortly after, I was still working for my company. I was with Oracle at that time. Still head of security for Tony, traveling with him. So, and this is now out there. And 
fortunately for me, you know, being around Tony, Tony was the only person that called me in the hospital that night, Tony Robbins. And, and uh, he took me under wing. He was coaching me on what to expect um, out of this experience and sort of how to get my mind around it. So I, I give him a lot of the credit and a lot of all the, you know, the thanks for being able to sort of yeah. keep my mind right, keep it focused. Uh, but what really started happening was, and let me, I'll, I'll sort of take you back to my first, my first job where I was a hotel assistant food and beverage hotel manager for a company by the name of Howard Johnson. And I, uh, on my third stop here in Charlotte, I was the second assistant restaurant manager, which means you got the second and third shift, means you had the, the crap stuff, right? I mean, you were yep. you're the lowest man on the totem pole, which is fine, though, because you have to start someplace. Well, fortunately for me, I had a gentleman who came in every night to the, to the restaurant. His name was Bill. He came in a flannel shirt, drove a pickup truck. He had coffee and ice cream every night, and we would just talk. And it was the December 23rd of 1983, and we went out to the parking lot. So let me show you where I got my wife for Christmas. It was a brand-new blue Corvette. Now, I'd never seen a blue Corvette. I never even smelled a blue Corvette. I didn't even know, I didn't know how people could afford a new Corvette. Uh, but he tossed me the key. He said, get in. We're going to take a spin. So we took it down the street and came back. And I said, wow, she's going to love this thing. He says, you need one of these. I said, Bill, I'm making $13,000 a year. I can't afford barely my rent. He goes, that's your problem. He said, that's your mindset. He says, let me share with you the mindset. And what I found out about Bill is he owned 80 movie theaters in North and South Carolina and was known as the, Bill, the, uh, the, the, the Walton of Charlotte. He was the man, and no one knew who he was, but owned 80 movie theaters. Wow. So for 13 years, he took me under his wing and were teaching me all these the mindset of success. Because what I found out later, about right before he passed away, I knew it, but it really came out then. In, in 1997, right before he passed away, probably a month or two months before he passed away, he brought me to his office. And he had a beautiful office and sat down. He'd share with me he had lung cancer and he smoked, which doesn't surprise anybody. If you smoke, you're probably going to get lung cancer. But he said, I want, to, I want to give you something. So he walks to his big desk and opens a drawer up and pulls out these notes. And these are handwritten notes. He said, I want to give you these. I said, what are they? He goes, these are the notes my mentor gave me in 1929 about the success principle as a business that I used. I want to share this with you now. But he said, do not let it die with you. So he gave me these notes from 1929, these, these 12 success business principles that he did, that Canley, he was teaching me, Chris, for the last 13, 14 years, that I didn't know, but now it's all coming together. It all you know, came full circle, yeah. It, it all came together. So, so now fast forward to 2009, after this is happening, my mind's around this now. You know, I, I'm, I'm, how can I impact people's lives? And how can I do this? But I did, wasn't... I, I didn't do it intentionally. It was just in my mind is, you know, how can I, how can I add value? Because I, I was given a gift. So this is what I've been doing, and this is what my next book next book's going to be about. But now I'm now teaching these 12 success business principles, and I'm trying to look for a million people because it's, it's our job to mentor somebody else. It's my responsibility, it's your responsibility, everybody's listening, to mentor somebody else who's given us so much. So... This is what's been happening. So I started developing the mindset around how to really add value significantly. And then one day I was speaking. This is where the distinct advantage came in. I was speaking, and you know somebody heard me, and they came up to me after I'd done speaking. He goes, "Listen," he said, 
his name's Brad. He said, I, I work for a marketing company. He said, most people probably think that what changed your life was the plane crash. I said, yeah. He goes, but that wasn't it. He said, this is what happened. I said, you're exactly right. I said, that, he said, sir, that's the point in time that changed everything for you. That's your advantage. And also, I started go dissecting that. I'm like, he's right. It wasn't the plane crash. There's all these moments that came through my life that sort of came together and coalesced. And all of a sudden, I, I, one day, just magically, it all came together and figured out this is where I can add the most significant value to people. And this is my distinct advantage. And that was the point in time that changed everything for me. And I tell people, everybody's got one. You've got one, I've got one. Everybody's listening has got that point in time. Maybe they've realized it. Maybe they haven't realized it yet. Maybe they need somebody like you or me to help bring it out. But everybody's got a distinct advantage, something that they do that can add significant value in a way that nobody else can. They just need somebody to help bring it out, and that's my mission right now. That's what I'm doing and using these 12 success business principles that Bill shared with me in my 10 years of being with Tony Robbins, uh, which was invaluable. Because one of the other lessons of this, Chris, and you know this, is that you, you have a mentor in your life, and that mentor all of a sudden goes away or passes on. Another mentor will show up. And fortunately mm-hmm. for me... Tony came into my life as a, in significant. I came as assistant security director in 1997, shortly after Bill passed away. So I had another mentor come into my life and took me to another another level, another perspective. So I think that's our role right now. Yours and my role is to pass these things on. That you're doing like you're doing right now, and I'm trying to do to the next generation. So it keeps going, and people understand that this this is not new stuff. But maybe. We can impact somebody that they can understand how they can too can be user distinctive advantage to make it makes somebody's life a little bit easier. No, it's so true, Dave. I mean, you know, and I agree a hundred percent what you're saying. You know, it, even getting back to where we started in the in the first segment with the leadership, we're 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 simply taking these principles. We are finding like what does that mean to us? Like how how what impact that does that? And we're sharing that from our experience leading by example. And by doing that, people could take this information and then empower them to take it and draw their own conclusion, what that means to them, and then do what's best for themselves. And then, like you said, hopefully they repeat that and pass that on through their experience, leading by example, onto others. And then the cycle just continues and continues and continues. I I think it's I think it's such a great thing here. Like when you, like I said, it kind of reminds me of like Jim Rohn, you know, when he was starting off in sales and he had his, you know, I forgot the guy's Mort. I think his name was Mort. I can't remember his name, but that was the guy, like it was his sales manager. And that was like his first mentor and, and how, you know, he took those principles and basically, you know, what that meant to him and how it resonated with him that he could then turn around. And that's what, you know, obviously, you know, what Jim Rohn became. And then obviously Tony was part of Jim Rohn's group. So you right. see how it, it, it all passes. It all passes, it always passes down. down. It does. And <laughs> you, just, you, just, you just have to keep your eyes open because it's coming. And are you awake <laughs> to be able to handle it, right? Are you awake to accept it, right? Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So I think it's great. So, you know, talk a little bit about like, you know, some of these things like what, you know, that, you know, what can, what can people look out for? In terms of you know like certain principles, doesn't always have to be yep. like hey you gotta have you gotta have this 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 format or this it, it it really comes down to what really aligns to that person at that time and what resonates with them to take ownership of it 
and then pass it along. Well, I, I agree. I think there's one of the things I realized working with Bill and so there are standards, there are things and strategies, right? That successful leaders do consistently. And one of those things that, that Bill taught me, and after I got started looking through his his papers and the things he gave me in, in detail, was about one of the things is having an op- optimistic perspective. And he was always about when I was complaining or you know blaming somebody else. You know, it's, it's all about being having an optimistic perspective, having to think positive, it's, you know, take responsibility, those kind of things. But then he, he started talking about great leaders in the presidents. He started talking like, because he, he was doing business with Franklin Roosevelt. And he talked about a guy who had polio becomes president for four terms. And through a, the depression in the World War, whether you agree with his politics or not, but he had always was optimistic. He said that was a great lesson for him. That he could see somebody who's going through stuff worse than he was going through, and handling things with an optimistic perspective. So that was one of his twelve principles that he was teaching me. Because when I would, I'd come back and we'd sit down and I complain. He basically would not allow me to complain. Basically, it was like you know, hey, you can complain all you want, but how's that going to fix the problem? And yeah. he kept telling that to. And so when I started reading this in detail, because what he did. Chris was brilliant because he took he had these notes, but then when he, he took these notes from his mentor and then broke them down in areas such as financial, emotional, spiritual, physical relationships. So he broke this thing down and how how to be optimistic in your finances when you don't have any finances. Because you got to remember when he was starting his business back in the early '30s during a depression. How can you be optimistic start, starting a business during a depression? But he, he talked about financially what he did and how he went about it. And uh, so you see these writings and see how he did it and the things he taught you. And thinking back, this is why he taught me this, is that all of us, and I, maybe you don't go through this, maybe the listeners who are listening, but many of us, including me, go through, have gone through financial challenges in our lives because we're stupid with our money, right? And uh, we get down sure and some, all of us have been know? there at some point, so yeah, keep going. Yeah, everybody's been there, so... How can you keep an optimistic perspective financially when all things are coming coming to part? And that's the kind of things that he was teaching me and about leadership and how successful people, nothing's permanent, right? Failure's not permanent. And so these are, this is one of those things, that's one of the 12 principles that he taught me. And it was one of the first things I teach people when I talk to people and work with people is let's talk about the mindset of optimism. Wow. So t- talk about... Um... You know, I mean, give some examples if you can. You know, Dave, with certain like you know maybe places you've talked at, uh, maybe some organizations that you did. Talk about some of these how this can really impact and shift either a person or an organization to you know move forward in the solution. Well, I appreciate that because I've had the honor and privilege of speaking for the Red Cross over 170 times across North America, and and where it really started for me. Uh, with the Red Cross was when I had the honor and privilege of speaking in Washington, D.C. at at one of their biggest events, and we got to go to the Supreme Court. And I got to be there with the Supreme Court Justice, Anthony Kennedy, who finally got to meet with him. And this is where things started shifting for me, Chris. I I, I got the opportunity to speak there, right? And I mean, I've never been to the Supreme Court. It's it's amazing, right? But I, I got introduced to Justice Kennedy, and he knew who I was because they had prepped him. Right? These, all these folks get to pre, you know, the briefings, right? They know who you are. So he grabs me by the hand and says, come into my quarters. I want to give, give me a three-minute version of what happened that day. 
here I am with a Supreme Court justice, three minutes, one-on-one, sharing him what happened on the miracle on the Hudson. And I'm thinking, how does this come about? How, how does this happen? And also, I was so inspired. It's like, you know, there's somebody at that level who can impact millions, if not billions, of people who are interested in my story. That told me a lot that this is why you have to do what you have to do. This is why I've spoken so many times to the Red Cross, because not only do I want to raise money for them, and because I, I want other people who go through things like I went through to have the funds necessary, but, you know, if someone take like that takes interest in you, you know, someone down the road is going to take interest in what you say, and you can't, you can't treat that lightly. No. And I, that's one of the, I, I really, so the Supreme Court was one of the most amazing experiences, not for my speaking skills, because I probably wasn't that good, you know, but for the experience of someone teaching me that everybody's important, everybody's important, everybody's got a story, and you do not not know who, not know who you're going to impact. It's so true, and and that's what it's all about. It's all about you know being you know relatable and uh, and understanding and and when people feel like that, they've been related and understood. I mean, that's where that's where change happens. That's where people begin to trust you and they begin to open up about their situations and, you know, where they can, you know, is the more they can reveal, the more that they can, you know, open themselves up for help and shifts and where they're going. So it's uh, so, so true. So talk, you know, Dave, we got a, less than a couple minutes before our next break. You know, talk about the importance of, you know, again, just kind of summarizing the importance of, you know, personal leadership and why it's why it's an ongoing process. It's not something that you turn on once in a while. It, it's something that we got to take responsibility each and every day. Every day. And that's thing, one of the things that I struggled with. But then when the light bulb went on, this is when it started coming together. This is when I'm my. I thought my distinctive veins start coming into life because, you know, I would go through and do hard. I would do a lot of self-improvement, self-development. I'd be hitting it right, hitting all the numbers. And all of a sudden, i say, you know what, I'm pretty good, so I'll just, I'll just let it go for a little while. As soon as you let it go, you go backwards. So I think you've got to make, be consistent and have discipline. It's all about self-discipline. And Jim Rohn talked about that, right? It's all about the power of discipline, of putting into something. And so whenever I go a little sideways, which sometimes we all still do, is I go back to that one Jim Rohn tape, right, about the power of personal you know, discipline and doing discipline. And I think people who are disciplined uh, will be able to accomplish things that they never thought they were to accomplish because it's consistency, right? You have to invest in yourself consistently. And that's what personal leadership is. That's why I call the book Moments Matter, my first book. It's because all these moments in our life are there for a reason and a purpose. They're there to teach you something. And, and what maybe you don't realize is at that moment in time, but all of a sudden, it will come together in one moment to all of a sudden say, you know what? Maybe that's why I jumped in the river to swim across the river when I was 12 years old, because I need to be able to have that mindset and skill to be able to do it on January 15, 2009. And yeah. that's when the personal leadership jumps in and comes in back into play. No, uh, it's so true. It's so true. And I, you know, it's just, again, that the, that these experiences just are, again, you know, remind us how, how important this is in the bigger picture. Like it, it's not just that isolated incident that, you know, how this impacts so many people worldwide, you know, and maybe they don't understand it at the time, but it, 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 you know, everything, everything that happens can be turned into something positive and, and, and owning your personal leadership 
is something that that's ongoing and and I love it. We got more to come here from uh, Dave Sanderson again. He is an expert, the voice of personal leadership. Again, that's the name of uh, his show on Amazon Alexa. Again, from also what he points out in his best-selling book, Moments Matter. We're going to find out more information uh, about how to find those sources later from uh, Dave. But again, uh, we'll be right back here after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back to Sustainable Success. Again, uh, our show today is being brought to you by Empowered Fathers in Action, a 501c3 organization, again, dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process and also creating interdependent family structures in terms of communication, behavioral modification, and how you lead by example. Again, check them out at efamovement.org. Dave, you know, getting back, you know, we're talking about your distinct advantage and we spent the last couple of segments talking about personal leadership and part of personal leadership is about growth, right? You know, growth mindset or just growing in general that if we can't stay stagnant in one area, you know, and I recall from your, your Ted talk that you did, you know, bouncing back, you had shared some strategies on uh, an acronym here, PTGS known as post traumatic growth syndrome. Let's talk about that. I think the listeners would be like to be enlightened what that means as it relates to, you know, growth and personal leadership. Well, thank you. Cause, uh, Canley, like you, I had never heard of the term before I did my Ted talk. I had never heard of it. Didn't even know what it was, but then one day I got a phone call from AARP magazine who wanted to interview me and Canley, I don't know why they would interview me. You know, I wasn't old, right? I'm too young for this. Um, but why would they want to interview a, a young guy like me? But what I found out before the interview is that there were two universities, I think it was North Dakota State and UNC Charlotte, were doing studies around how do people grow 
from a traumatic life experience, and they were using me as one of the subjects of that study. So they wanted to talk to me directly on how did I grow out of this experience, why so many other people, and after we, if you've seen the movie Sully, know that even the captain was going through some PTSD or depression type of mentality. And they wanted to understand the strategies I used. So I did this interview. And and it was it was it really opened my eyes that you know there that there's so many people in pain that go into a depressed state after they've gone through a traumatic life experience, whether it's a heart attack, stroke, uh, car accident, whatever it may be, and they keep going down, down, down to the point where it may turn into PTSD, like as so many people do, unfortunately coming back in the military. So. I was I, I I did this TED talk to really get this message out on not only about you know PTGS and bouncing back, but some of the different strategies that I used and have learned and help other people do when they're going through some challenging times or they're in a depressed state or something like that. So that's why I did this talk, and I did it in Canada for a very intentional reason because back in, I think it was 2014, 2015, Canada was having a significant challenge with people going with PTSD. And, and I, was, I said, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it in a place where hopefully the message will get out not only in the United States, but get out in a place where it needs help, and that's why I did it in Canada. So that's the, I did this talk, and now and it's one of the things I do now is when I talk to people who are going to I, I share some of the strategies to show people how I did it and other people did it, be able to only survive but only thrive after their, their incident. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, like I said, I mean, there many people have gone through different aspects, these, these experiences. You know, I mean, people come back from wars, you know, Gulf War and then Afghanistan and Iran or excuse me, Iraq and that type of thing. And these are things that sometimes, I mean, you know, you know, we can't look at them as just, a, you know, a negative. We got to take what's positive in, in this. So yep. what would you encourage somebody like, let's say, for instance, they, they've had some kind of post-traumatic experience, uh, whatever that may be, and, and how they can, you know, turn that into, uh, you know, uh, you know, growth for them, but not only growth for them, but how that can impact other others around them. Well, thank you. There's so many ways that, that, that I've. I share and do, but let me give you one specific one because I think this one is the one that sort of woke me up and actually started my journey to my book, Moments Matter, because where I'm sitting right now, where we're talking, I've, I got a phone call from my wife, and she, because she just got a phone call from a couple of our neighbors down the street. They were two older ladies that lived together, and they had a problem, and their problem was that they couldn't get their TV on. Now, my wife knows I'm pretty good at getting TVs on and can't let you go do whatever you can for your neighbors anyway, right? That's part of being neighborly. So I told her I'd go down there and help them get the TV on. And so I walked down the street and invited me in. A couple minutes later, the TVs were working. That's great. But they asked me to stay for milk and cookies. And I tell people, who's going to turn down milk and cookies from two older ladies who could probably bake, right? Plus, I love milk and cookies. I don't know who. <laughs> maybe you know I love milk and cookies, right? So, uh I'm sitting there waiting, and you know they're in there doing their thing, and they had this coffee table, and they had all these books. On the, so I start flipping through the books just to pass some time, and they had a book on here it was out from World War II. Now I love World War II history, so I'm like, this is cool. So I'm looking at these pictures, and this is like, wow, this is pretty pretty cool. So they walk out and say, hey, where did you get this these books? And they looked at me and said, we were there, and they rolled up their sleeves to show me the numbers down their arms. They were they survived the concentration camps. Wow. The entire family that passed away, they survived, and that's why they lived together for their entire life. 
They never want to be separated. So I bet that, please let me record this story. I mean, they were in their 70s then. Um, you know, they were going to probably not be around much longer. I said, let me record this story. They, they said, they wouldn't let me record it, but they told me this story about living and surviving a concentration camp. So I came back to my office. I, 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 excuse me, I'm blown away by this story. And I'm thinking, this, this thing, I said, these ladies survived something, probably one of the most horrific situations in the history of the civilization. And not only survived it, but got out, moved to the United States, and thrived, and now have a beautiful house. And I said, what's that mindset? I said, as just showed me, when you think you have something bad, somebody else has had it worse and survived, find out their story. So one of the strategies I show people and teach people how to do is getting those virtual references. Because there's, there's stories out there all over the place of people who've done things like that. That you know, When you think you're having a bad day, let's talk to somebody who just survived the getting out of Ethiopia has no food. Let's talk to somebody who's gone through something. And all of a sudden I start turning people into these people, turn on these people, and all of a sudden I'm realizing that was a strategy. It's having virtual references, whether it's through a book or a personal interaction I can make to somebody. And, that, and I, all of a sudden I saw people understanding, you know what, yes, I've had a bad day. I, you know, listen, I, I almost died. But, you know, this person survives something that I could probably never even stand up to for a day. How did they do it? And once you understand the mindset, all of a sudden it changes that. People can all of a sudden grow and what I call bounce back in my TED Talk. And that's so I think I, I'm, I'm passionate about this, as you can hear, because I think yeah. there's so many people in pain right now, Chris. Um, and part of leadership is getting people out of pain. Showing, showing, not only telling people, but showing people how to do it. And, and that's one of my missions now. And I, can, I have, have certain skill sets that I can help people do that. And, and, um, and I'm, I'm very passionate. That's why I did the TED Talk. Well, I think I mean, again, I mean, you went through your own you went through your own post-traumatic uh, experience, obviously, right. with the plane. And, you know, again, it you know, it, it, it people will go through different things. It doesn't have to be something overly traumatic, life threatening. But nonetheless, it could be something. And and people can relate to, you know, can relate their stories in some way. And that's what's so important here that, you know, in terms of leadership there's always has to be growth and part of growth is going to be those negative experiences but we can't look at them as negative we got to look at the blessing and opportunities disguised in them to know how what we will learn and what we can apply that will take us to even high greater and higher places would that be safe to say that's exactly one of the other things to talk about the process of how to reframe the situation for people and I think that's a part of the strategy and mindset likewise is, you know, you know, you can look at it one way and, you know, and I really, it was interesting because I was on, on a show with a, a bunch of passengers and we were actually in the green room of Oprah and, you know, I, I was talking to somebody and they were just saying how bad it was for them. You know, they lost their job and they, you know, they, they just, things were not going well and they see how they say, well, how did you do this? And also I realized all I did is reframe the, the meaning of this, right? Well, I've reframed this as a blessing. Well, you've reframed it as, as, you know, this is a tragedy. And all of a sudden, it's all about, as Jesus said, exactly right. It's about reframing that meaning. And, and if you can help people understand how to reframe the meaning, the strategy on how to do it, all of a sudden they'll see their tragedy turning into this is a blessing, and I've now got to pass this blessing on, and how do I pass the blessing on instead of why poor, poor, pitiful me? Mm. 
It is so true. And, you know, and here's another interesting thing that, you know, when you talk about that, like passing it on, you know, everybody's going to have different core values and principles. At least that's how I like to call it. That that doesn't mean like, you know, our story may not relate to everyone, right? We're never going to be everything for everyone, but it doesn't matter if we impact you know, those people that w- that align with our values and principles in some way, and we can impact them to find that within themselves, then perhaps they might impact others that maybe we weren't able to do. So it still get it still spreads. It still, you know, it, it continues to do what it's supposed to do. And, right. you know, it, and it's our responsibility. And I think getting back to where we started about this, you know, your distinct advantage, you know, you know, that point in time that changes everything that, that again, it doesn't matter. I'm, you know, we are just the, we're just messengers, and then it's just a matter of those people that can relate to wherever the next person that's in line that's going to be sharing it from their point of view and their experience, and how it just kind of progresses from there and gets out to as many people as possible. That's right. Now, how many people can we impact? And that's uh, my goal, Chris, is to impact a million people in ten years. And as my friend Tony Robbins told me, you don't have to understand how to do it. That you make the big audacious goal, and it'll come together. And this is I. That's why I appreciate you have having me with you today to be able to. Share uh, this I mean, this is somebody else. Uh, absolutely, Dave. I, I've been wanting to have you on for a while, and this is you know so critical. And I mean, especially for people that you know here we're wrapping up Q1, and and you know people are heading into Q2 here. Not just from a business perspective. I'm just talking in life in general as well. So important. So, real, you know, where do you see, you know, where do you see, you know, with the growth, uh, personal leadership, where do you see this going, you know, in 2020 going forward? Well, I think it's one of the biggest topics out there right now because what's interesting, what I'm finding out this year in 2020, as we all know, 2020 is perfect vision, right? And I think if you use acronyms like I do and to sort of reframe my mind, is I think people are looking now as like, you know, you know, if I take personal ownership into myself, then I can hopefully have a great year. And what I'm, what I've found, and I've got a couple of millennial daughters. You probably, I don't know if you have any millennial kids, but you know, one of the challenges I find is they're extremely, extremely intelligent. The next generation, but a lot of them are challenged because they don't understand how to find what what their purpose is. Mm. And they come to me as like, you know, I, how do you find your purpose? What you know, I, I'm struggling. I've gone through three jobs in, in a year. And I'm like, so well, I think one of our jobs, your and my jobs now is, is helping people in 2020 to be successful, helping them understand what their purpose is and what their, like, that's why I talk, that's why I think my message to distinct advantage is really resonating because people want to understand their distinct advantage because then they find what their purpose is. And that's why I think it's so attractive because in 2020, people are looking for that perfect vision. What's this vision for this year? And being able to understand your distinct advantage and what your purpose is, is going to help you lead you to have that perfect vision in 2020. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's so important. I think that, you know, this is, uh, you know, elaborating what you're saying, Dave, I think this is the the decade that, you know, the more transparent and, you know, vulnerable we get, not vulnerable in a weak way, but in a good way, that this is going to be, you know, the decade that we're going to see some massive transformation uh, moving forward. So, uh, I, I, I want to thank people like yourself that, uh, you know, that are, are taking the lead in helping, empowering others to do the same out there. So it's so important. 
You know, we have a we have about uh, three minutes left in the show, but I want to let people know, you know, a little bit about where they can find you, get more information, and where you're maybe talking next. You know, where they can reference your book, you know, your TED Talk, that type of thing. Well, I appreciate that. So, <clears throat> the best place to start is my website at DaveSandersonSpeaks.com. And I put my calendar out there, so I always invite people I talk to. If you see, go out to my calendar, see where I'm going to be. If I'm going to be in your locality and you want to come see me, message me, and I'll put you on my special guest list. And I'll not only have you hear me speak and hear the message live and in person, but I'll spend a few minutes with you there. So I've had a lot of people take me up on that. You can also get my book, Moments Matter, not only there, but also on, on Amazon. And, and uh, yeah, I've... I've Appreciate that. I try to, like you, probably personalize everything I can to make sure people know that this is not just a process. It's a comes from the heart. Uh, and probably the best way to get a hold of me and watch what I'm doing is through LinkedIn. And and the reason why is that's where I put all my new content out. Every every day I put a little new content out. And really about these twelve success business principles that Bill taught me, and then Tony ex- really extrapolated out of me uh, out on LinkedIn on these little these little tidbit messages because I'm finding. You know, that people will love these 30, 60 to 90 seconds sort of clips and they can get the message quickly. So please connect with me on LinkedIn and that would, that would help me help you. And every day I put free content out there and that's one of the greatest ways to get a hold of me likewise. Uh, absolutely. Well, I, I can I can second that, uh, Dave, because I, I see your content out there and you're, and, you're, and you're just consistent. I mean, again, you're... You, you, when it comes to personal leadership, you, you stand behind everything you do. You follow through and you give without expectation and, and receive without resistance, which I think is so, so important as personal leadership is supposed to do. Again, I, I want to thank you again for taking time you know, out of your busy day to join us here at Sustainable Success. It's experts and guests like you that share from the heart that really make a difference in you know the listeners that that come and listen to our the show in each and every week so again i want to personally extend a, a, a gratitude for for being here today well, well thank you chris and once again one of the last things i share with people before i get off stage is grace is fueled by gratitude so the more thanks you give the more grace you'll get I love it. Love it. And we want to thank uh, you guests each and every week for joining us here at Sustainable Success. The show would not be where it is today if it wasn't for you and your support. We will continue uh, as, as our objective is to always come back with people like Dave, bring guests that can deliver content from experience that will help you scale your businesses and personal lives to brand new levels. And we wish you a prosperous rest of your Thursday and rest of your week. And we'll be back next week. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.